incredible night. So a couple things. One, this week, this Wednesday, there will be no Wednesday night connection. Uh, enjoy your family. Uh, and next Sunday, one service only again, and then we'll start back up with the tube at 11 a.m. Uh, if you got a Bible, turn with me to, to uh, Luke. I think it's appropriate that we read at least part of the Christmas story on Christmas Day. Uh, and I'll just go ahead and tell you some of these PowerPoints. Uh, may, they may, my wife goes over my PowerPoints to correct anything. She did that last night, and I got in here this morning and felt like God told me to go in another direction. So I've been beginning to frantically type it out and try to get it done. And uh, so uh, if they are misspelled, no, it's not my wife's fault. It is all mine. Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 1. At that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quirinius was a governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judah, Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, laid him in a manger, because there was no lodging available for him. And then, if you know the Christmas story, what happens next? Uh, the shepherds, we talked about this, I think it was last week, the shepherds are out in the field, uh, nearby, suddenly an angel of the Lord appears, and that's verse 10. Don't be afraid, the angel said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger, what happens next? More angels show up. And it says, Heaven's army. And they be going to this song, Glory to God in the highest peace on earth, whom God is pleased. Verse 15. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord told us about. They hurried to the village, found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby. Where was the baby? Lying in a manger. Now, the nativity scene that most of us grew up with, what is like the standard, what characters are typically in the nativity scene? Mary and Joseph, right? Baby Jesus, the shepherds, and the wise men or the magi. Uh, that, that's what we know, right? Right? That's, that, that's the, what we know. But let, let's look at these wise men of the Magi. Matthew chapter 2. Starting with verse 10. When they saw the star, they were so ecstatic that they shouted and celebrated with unrestrained joy. When they came into the house and saw the what? With Mary, his mother, they bowed down and worshipped him. Uh, apparently my wife has noticed a misspelled word or something. Listen. Just look straight ahead because you, you give away everything that is misspelled up there with your looks. So, uh, When we read this account, and even in the nativity that we talked about Sunday, we picture as in every nativity scene, every play, these three magi showing up, right? 
Well, when we read about the shepherds, it says when they came into the stable, they saw the baby. But when the wise men, the magi, show up, it says when they came into the house, they saw a what? A young child. See, when the Magi first heard about this, about the baby being born, they were 900 miles away from where Jesus was being born. And they began this 900-mile trek in search of Jesus. So we talked about this last week. Jesus was right around two years old when they arrived with gold and frankincense. Hey, do you know what the wise men said to Mary and Joseph after they handed them the frankincense? Here's some myrrh. Come on now. <laughs> thank, I want to thank Josh for that joke, my son-in-law. Later he's going to do Oh Holy Night. It'll be a bless your heart. Uh, but it says by the time they got there to worship Jesus, Jesus was a toddler. That changes things for me. Because, well, wow, how, how many have a toddler or know a toddler? Yeah. That's why it changes things for me. I've got two toddlers in my house right now. And if we go out to a restaurant and eat with these two toddlers, they don't care if there's anybody else in the restaurant. They will run around, run around tables. Woohoo! I remember Zion was a toddler when we were at a restaurant in Cleveland, and he decides to pick up one of the steak knives and throw it across the restaurant. While me and Denise were horrified, Zion didn't care. Why? Because toddlers are selfish little people and liars. Amen. Well, here, listen, a toddler will lie to your face. Are you pooping? And you know they are because they're like, you know they are. Uh, Sonny, at any given point, I can be laying on the couch. And Zion decides, hey, Papa's belly looks fun to jump on. What'd I say? Zion may do that. Sonny, I'm glad I've got the correction squad on the front row this morning. Y'all gonna may I may get saved by the end of this message. But at any given point, Sonny may jump on me. It doesn't matter. So, so a, a baby, that's why I make, a baby pretty much does three things. It poops, eats, and sleeps. A toddler, it's like saying, release the kraken. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it, it's all, no holds barred when you're making, and here's why I'm making a, a big deal out of this. Uh, you're like, Kelly, just let me enjoy the Christmas story as I know it. No, here's why. To me, the fact that the Magi show up and worship a two-year-old, to me that says more than it does that they were showing up just to worship a baby. It says, when they came into the house and saw the young child with his mother Mary, they bowed down and worshipped him. They bowed down and worshipped. The Bible is filled with, with times throughout, throughout the course of the Bible where people bow down in the presence of God. The psalmist said, said this, Psalms 95, 6, and 7, Come, let us worship and bow down. 
Let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. We are his people. He watches over the flock under his care. Come, let us worship and bow down. Bob, I've got a little bit of a ring up here. The, the Hebrew word that gets translated there for worship is this word shaha. And this word is used at least 170 times throughout the Bible. Here's what that word means when it says worship. It means to bow down, to prostrate oneself, to fall down flat, to kneel in worship. Can we be honest? I grew up in church. But church today, you don't really see a whole lot of kneeling in church. You know, I mean, anybody remember there was a time and you knelt. But I believe it's because we really don't comprehend just how holy God really is anymore. Because if we really understood the holiness that we were in, the presence of the Holy One we were in, I think we would prostrate ourselves, fall down in front of the Holy God. I mean, do you remember when Moses uh, wanted to see the glory of God? God said, hey, there's no way you could even survive seeing my full glory. I'll pass you, and then you can just see the backside of me, but you can't see my face because if you see the full glory of me, you won't live. And that's one of, one of the reasons, guys, that the tearing of the veil that we read about after Jesus' crucifixion, why it is so important to us because in the Old Testament, no one was allowed to go beyond the veil in the Holy of Holies except for the high priest, and then only once a year. And we talked about this, that it was so, the presence of God was so thick. Those priests, if they didn't have it all together, if they, did, if they were, had any unconfessed sin, if they were unclean, when they walked in, they would literally tie a rope around them. And the priests, the high priests would wear bells on the bottom of their garments. So when they walk in, if they ever heard those bells not ringing, they knew this. The priest had fallen over dead. Let's drag him out, put another one in. That's how. Holy the presence of God is. And when we really comprehend that God is truly holy, that his glory is incomprehensible, then kneeling before him seems like the only proper thing to do. Psalm says, come, let us worship, bow down, and let us kneel before the Lord our maker, for he is our God. Here's what I want to do this Christmas 2022. I really want to encourage you to come and worship. And I'm not just talking about here at church today. This is great. I love seeing this many people show up on a Christmas day. I'm talking about our lives becoming a living, breathing act of worship every day, guys. Every day. To live your life as an act of worship to God, to bring your gifts as an act of worship to God, to lift your hands as an act of worship to God. And, and I, I get some people, Kelly, I'm just, I, I'm just not one of those hand lifters. That's why it's such an act of worship sometimes for you because you're stepping outside of your comfort zone. Sacrifice of praise. Come, let us worship. Sometimes there's a call for us to shaha, fall down, kneel in his presence and worship. And here's why I believe it's important in our personal lives. When we shaha 
when we kneel down before God, when we prostrate ourselves, what we're doing is saying this, God, more of you and less of me. What we're doing is saying, God, if there was a way I could get any lower, I would do that because I understand how holy you are. And I want you to know you are the most important person in my life and the one that I worship above anything or anyone else. Guys, let me ask you, what better way to start? What better day to start than Christmas? A time when we can hit pause and just ponder and think about the birth of Christ. I, I had a guy call me this week. He said, PK, I got a question for you, man. And he's a new Christian. It's all new to him. He said, that I had this guy talking to him. He said, he, they don't celebrate Christmas because that's not Jesus' birthday. What do you say? I said, well, you're, you're probably right. I said, more than likely, December 25th isn't Jesus' birthday. But what we're doing is setting aside that day of the year where we stop. Okay, this is the day we stop and we recognize God became man. It is a day we stop and we pause and we say, you know what? Let's remember when Jesus, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, entered into our world. That's how much he loves us. So it's not really about whether it's his birth, actual birthday or not. It's us taking time to pause and say, thank you, God. Thank you, God. So as we close today, if I get Bobby, come on. I want to give you three reasons why we should kneel. I told you, some of y'all, this will be the shortest message you'll ever hear me preach. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Chris Line. <laughs> Come let us worship the Shaha. One, we kneel in pursuit. We kneel in pursuit. In Mark 10, there's a story of a, a man that approaches Jesus. This man had anything, everything uh, that he wanted. Everybody else looking on would have said, man, this guy has got it all together. Yet this young man was still missing something. Mark 10, verse 17. As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem, a man came running up to him, knelt down, and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? This guy is in such desperate pursuit for something that he knows is missing in his life. I, I think he doesn't really know what it is. He just knows something's missing. And he runs to Jesus and falls down, kneels before Jesus. someone here today that on this Christmas you're at a place in life where you're not really that sold out to him you've got a casual relationship with Jesus but he is not the biggest pursuit of your heart right now you've got a lot of other things that you're pursuing and Jesus is not number one on that priority if something else comes up well that's what I'm going to go after Today, I want to encourage you, kneel in pursuit of our Messiah. Look at what God says in Jeremiah 29, verse 13, 14. God says, if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. And James 
says in James 4, 8, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. So kneel and pursue the second. Kneel in repentance. And yeah, I'm talking to followers of Jesus alike today. In fact, I'm convinced a follower of Jesus should live Repentance should be something they're practicing daily. Daily. I mean, no hard times can cause you to drift. Other times, things can be going great, and it can cause you to drift. Because you know what? When I, you know when I cry out to God more, with, with more passion than almost any other time? when I'm desperate and I'm in need I need God it seems like when things are going good you know he, he, we, we kind of drift we kind of drift there's a great story involving one of my favorite people to study and read about in the Bible Simon Peter it's found in Luke 5 Peter and some of the others had been out fishing all night hadn't caught anything here comes Jesus and looks at Peter and says hey Go where the water's deep and try again. The Bible says they were tired from fishing all night. But they went ahead, did what Jesus told them to do. And when they did, it says they caught this incredible amount of fish. And look what Peter did in Luke 5, 8. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Please, Lord, forgive me. I am a sinful man. Kneel in repentance. And there's some of you that that's what you need to do is kneel in repentance. You need to kneel in repentance to God. Some of you, others of you, you need to kneel and repent. Some of you may not need it, but you need to go and repent to a brother, a sister, a family member for some attitudes or some things that you did. I know this, and I've said it. Christmas can be this great magnifier. If things are good, Christmas makes things seem better. But if things are bad, it makes things seem worse than what they really are. And there's some of you, you've been hurt by someone, or you've hurt someone, and there needs to be reconciliation. I encourage you, kneel in repentance. Last one. Kneel in surrender. Surrender. I'm a huge UFC fan. I, I love ultimate fighting. And uh, there are times when one fighter will get the other fighter in this submission hold. And the other fighter, right before they pass out, or right before that arm or that leg snaps, that fighter will, he taps out. I give up. I give up. I surrender. There's some of you today on this Christmas day, you have certain areas of your life that you've been refusing to submit or surrender to God, and you need to tap out. Okay, God, I surrender. Some of you are like, I want things this way. I want things my way, and you refuse to submit surrender. And the best thing some of you could do on this Christmas day is just tap out and kneel in surrender to God. The night that Jesus was arrested in the garden, I want you to look at this. 
Let's take an example from Jesus. Luke 22, 41, 42. Jesus withdrew himself about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed. Here's what he prayed. Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, not what I want. Father, if there's any way that we can go about this another way, let's do that. But if not, even though I know it's the pain that is going to be involved, even I, I know the suffering, even if all that, nevertheless, not my will. I don't want what I want. I want what you want. In other words, Jesus was kneeling in surrender to his Father. down before God and surrendered his will. That's the prayer some of us need to pray today. Not my will, but your will be done. Not what I want, God, but what you want. Lord God, I've gone, I've taken what I've wanted and done what I've wanted for so long and look what it's got me. So today, not what I want. before him. There are others in the Bible that says bow down before God. But God never asked us to. Why? Because I believe that he knows that when we truly see him for who he is, our only reasonable response would be to bow, kneel, and worship him because he is that good. He is that holy. He is that righteous. He is that amazing. He is that gracious. He is that full of mercy. And our only reasonable response that we can have is to kneel down and worship. Maybe if you would come up to your feet. So we're going to give you a chance to kneel and worship. And just worship. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet. Going to worship. And if there's a time where you feel the prompting to just kneel where you're at or come up here and kneel before a holy God, let's do that. This Christmas day, let it be the day we decide I'm going to kneel and surrender. Maybe you need to kneel and repent. Whatever it is.